Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos. This week has been a busy one for our family. School is starting back up, this time for all three of my children. Summer activities are winding down, and we're preparing for my husband to leave again for another training mission. It's part of being a military family that there's a lot of travel involved for my husband, and thankfully, most of the places he travels to are relatively safe. He gets to learn some pretty intense things about his job, and most of the time, he also has a chance to explore the area as well. By now, he's been all over the country, probably most of the 50 states. I lost count a while ago. And he spent a large chunk of time overseas in different countries as well. One of the things that he does that I admire is everywhere he goes, he likes to get to know the people and find out where they like to visit. He learns their tips and tricks for having fun in an area like a local, not like a tourist. For him, it's about the experience, like that old cliched saying about the journey versus the destination. I think about that a lot when we're about to travel, about living the experiences versus just visiting about being a pilgrim. And as Catholics, our destination is ultimately heaven, right? Our journey, our pilgrimage, should be about finding the best path to holiness and eventually heaven. So how can we do that? How can we explore our faith, physically journey through it, and find ourselves on the path to our ultimate destination? I'm excited to be joined via Zoom by Zach Haney, our Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese, to walk us through the diocese's most recent pilgrimage to Lisbon, Portugal for World Youth Day. Zach, thank you so much for joining us on Candy Catholic Convos. Welcome back to the program and welcome back from your international excursion. Oh, yes. Happy to be here. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm always excited to hop on the podcast. So the fact that I'm here again within a year makes me makes me excited makes me feel honored <laughs> yes we're very excited to have you talk to me a little bit about world youth day i've never been and i've heard rumblings of it especially like within the last year or so i guess because now i actually know what it is but mm-hmm. can you expand a little bit on it like what is what is world youth day and who is it for okay so uh world youth day is an event that was started by John Paul II. Um, I think it was somewhere around 30 years ago. So he wanted to have this gathering, this international gathering of the youth. Um, this idea is that the the youth of the church are important. They're the future of the church. And, uh, you know, John Paul really believed in the youth of the church. And so he wanted to recognize that. He wanted to show that. He wanted to meet them um, and be with them. So he started this event. 
Uh, I don't remember what the first one was, but it's been essentially happening every two to three years, just depending. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. It just depending on where it is and, you know, how long it takes them to get ready, uh, whether COVID's happening. Um, so every so often uh, we have this gathering of young people in um, some international locations. So this year it was in Portugal, but in the past it's been in Brazil. Uh, in Rio, it's been in Poland, it's been in Panama, uh, the Philippines, Germany, Australia. So it's it's been all over the globe. Uh, I personally have attended once before in Madrid, Spain. That was about in 2011, as I was a 18 year old youth, and now here I am. I just led the group as a 30 year old leader to Portugal. So not really that far away, far away from my original. Uh, my original site, uh, Iberian Peninsula. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so it's called World Youth Day, but the celebration actually is more like a week. Um, I'm not actually sure technically what the, the day, which day is the World Youth Day, um, but it's, so essentially it's a week long celebration. Uh, the Pope joins us. So we, uh, there's events all throughout the host city. So for us, that was Lisbon. Uh, so they have what, catechesis sessions, um, which are divided up by language group so that you know what's going on. Um, so we, for example, were with a group that included uh, Australians, um, people from the UK, uh, so English speakers. Uh, so we had speakers like Bishop Robert Barron was there. He was speaking to us for one of our catechesis sessions. Um, Bishop Fisher from Sydney, Australia was also there. So just an example. And they go over the themes of World Youth Day. So um, I think our themes this year were ecology. So protecting our planet and taking care of our planet, uh, social friendship. So this idea, especially in a post-COVID world of trying to really connect with each other and then just intimate relationship with God. So like our prayer life was another, was another theme. So there's that. And then there's also other talks, um, you know, they like cultural things throughout the city. You could go to museums, you can go to churches, uh, you can go to talks by people like Jason Everett. I know was, as was there, um, for example, of all different languages and things like that. You try the local food and the cuisine, um, live entertainment, like music, movies, like all this stuff. There's so much stuff happening. And then every night concludes with a big event. So for one, we had like our welcoming mass, which was done by the uh, Bishop of Lisbon. And the next day, then the Pope showed up. So we had a welcoming ceremony for him. Um, so which involves uh, him, you know, giving us, uh, you know, preaching to us. Uh, there also live events to help welcome him in. We did Stations of the Cross one night with the Pope, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and then all of this culminates in the weekend. So like the Saturday, Sunday, which I guess is what we could call the World Youth Day. Uh, so all the pilgrims go to a specific site, uh, the vigil site. So where we have a vigil, we had 1.5 million people gather in essentially a field that's oh, divided wow. into sections. Yes, yes. So we have, I mean, there was over 2 million people who attended the event all week, uh, but 1.5 million at the vigil. So it's it's a humongous field, like like acres upon acres upon acres. So if you if you think, hey, we're in the in the field and we're going to be like right next to the stage where the Pope is, like that's not usually the reality. <laughs> that's like a handful of people. The rest of us are all throughout the field. They have like screens and stuff set up so that we can see what's going on. I was going to say, I kind of imagine it like like general admission to a concert where you're like rushing yes. the stage. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're divided into sections, so we can't leave our section. But yeah, so like entering, I mean, we are, we're in line with millions of people. So it was, and we're marching along a highway. 
uh, until we get to our spot in this in this field. And um, I mean, they, and so we, then we have adoration um, and other events with the Pope that night. And then we sleep in the field with everyone. Like we sleep outside. Yes, in the field. Uh, we we rough it for a night. They give us food and water, and then there's plenty of bathrooms and everything. So like it's not like we're we're like rough, rough, roughing it. But like it's um, and we sleep outside with all the pilgrims. And then in the morning, then we have our uh, commissioning mass. So the ma the Pope says mass for us. Um, yeah, and then we're sent out into the world to go home, and you know be changed and preach the gospel and um yeah be the change for the world so it, it's it's that's kind of everything in a nutshell um everyone also always tries to um embrace like the religious culture and the religious history of the host country so fatima the big thing in portugal obviously big thing around the world so a lot of people visited fatima including us um, so yeah, overall, very busy week. We're all over the place. Uh, a lot of things going on, but it's, you know, essentially a gathering of people, mostly youth and young adults. Uh, I know you asked that question. So teenagers, um, all the way up through people in their thirties, though there are some, I mean, you need chaperones and stuff too. So like there's other people involved as well, but mostly it's aimed for people like teens through thirties from all over the world, just to come and party with the Pope, so to speak. <laughs> I love that. And I love that the definition of young adult is broader than what I think I had imagined in my mind of like, to me, mm -hmm. young adult was like, like late teens to mid twenties. But to hear you say that, like, it's technically into the thirties. And like you said, you need chaperones as well. So like, you can still, you can still mm -hmm. experience the, the life-changing aspect of this week i mean it really is a pretty intense pilgrimage it sounds like yes so i mean in terms of the age range it's a recommendation and that's the aim that the program's at but i saw i saw babies there i saw people bringing babies i saw like four-year-olds uh but and then at the same time i also saw people that probably were in their 60s plus um but it is it's not a vacation you're right it's it's a tough <laughs> pilgrimage I, I i said this to our group Again and again, this is not a vacation. This is a pilgrimage. We're not tourists. We're pilgrims. Um, so part of that is is challenges. I mean, we had to walk essentially everywhere we went, like all over the city or take public transportation. But I mean, for the vigil itself, we were probably walking for a good two to three hours to get to the location that we needed. We got dropped off at a certain location and we had to, you know, march or, or pilgrim, pilgrimage walk, like whatever you want to call it. We had to walk essentially all the way to our section, which was several miles um, in the hot sun. Ironically, the hottest days of the entire week were the day we had to walk there and the day we had to walk back. Um, so, of course, I mean, even then, once we're there, there's we're out in the open in a field and it's hot. So we have to, you know, deal with the heat. Um, you're surrounded by lots of people. It takes a long time to get everywhere. There's lines, you know, the, there's two million some pilgrims at this event. So not just at the vigil, but everything else. You have to deal with crowds. You have to deal with uh, taking a long time to get anywhere to do anything because there's, you know, there's lots and lots of people the everyday challenges that come with taking a trip. I mean, there's always some sort of scheduling conflict. Um, there's always, you know, someone has this, that, or the other thing come up or whether it's a health struggle or just, or just in general, having to overcome doing something that they haven't done before. You know, not everyone has slept outside. Not everyone, um, you know, has, is used to walking this much or using public transportation or being in the crowds this big. 
uh so or just being this busy and not really having as much time to breathe so so there's always a challenge but that's part of a pilgrimage that's that it's not really a pilgrimage unless you have those challenges and even i faced my own challenges that i had to be patient and to let god work through that um it's part of the and when you come back they're the things about it. it's like yeah remember that time that this thing went wrong but we got past it and it like turned out actually pretty great those are the things we remember no one's like hey remember that time things went exactly as planned and we weren't challenged at all <laughs> exactly so. exactly i love i remember when when i was getting married um our photographer looked at us and was just like anything that goes wrong is going to be a good story later so just let it happen and to Absolutely. hear you to hear you say that like it just it's it's so true it's because nobody mm -hmm. like yeah you remember the good times but like the the story like that's the ending of the story like the story actually happens before before that and i just love mm -hmm. that distinction that you made of we're not tourists we're pilgrims because i'm sure everybody would have loved to take an uber or you know something from one location to the next but it it, it really not diminishes but lessens the the whole experience mm -hmm. of but mm -hmm. you know you're on a journey why not actually mm -hmm. take the journey you mentioned that this was something that um pope saint john paul ii instituted 30 some odd years ago can you expand a little bit on on why he thought this was important why why it's important to involve the youth in not only getting excited about the faith but about um, the future of the faith. I think it's really important to let give young people, and I think um, Pope John Paul the Great or Saint Pope John Paul the Great uh, would agree. This idea is young people have to embrace their faith, um, not just be given their faith. They have to embrace it. They have to be given the chance to own it. Um, and I don't think they're given as much the opportunity to do that. Sometimes this this idea of an event like this is something where they're going out and being encouraged to embrace their faith make it their own um not just do it because their parents you know say that this is their faith um or someone else says this is their faith i think it it, it shows the young people that they have a, a set like a voice in the church like they have a say in the voice that they are part of the church they're not just um like a side group or like a lesser group or um, just, I don't know, a group of trainees or whatever, like they are full-fledged parts of the church, um, just as much as anyone who's older than them. And I think that's one thing um, to prove that they're part of the church too, as I said, to to go out and to, I think part of that is the Pope wants to meet the youth It'd be like, I am coming to you because you are the church, um, to young people that value of like, the church that are the head of church is coming to meet them um to show them that they they are the church that they're the future of the church that what they um what they believe and like how they contribute to the church and how they embrace the church like it matters um and you know how they celebrate and share their faith it matters so i think that's part of it another is to show the youth that they're not alone like they're very not alone like i think sometimes as a young person you can get in that mindset that like ah oh, like i'm the only young person of faith in my parish or in my group or whatever it might be or in my school uh so like the church the young church feels really small to them uh especially in our day and age but an event like this more than other of and you're like there are million people here that are young and that are faithful that are a part of the church so this idea of their 
is way more to the young church than the people within it realize um, and all over the world. And I think it's good for an opportunity for people to engage with each other and find out like, how is the church celebrated? How does the church practice in different parts of the world? Like what are the cultural differences within the church? Uh, I think it's good for young people to see that there is a diversity within the church. I think people have this, uh, this preconceived notion that the church is like cookie cutter, like everywhere. And there are things about the church that are standardized for, our, for, um, so mass, this idea of like the order of the mass, we, everything, you know, you wouldn't even think about this sometimes, but everything, every time we did mass, um, as a entire group of pilgrims, like in our catechetical sessions, it was done in English, but every other time it was done in Portuguese because we're in Portugal. Uh, so we really don't know what's being said, but we still know what's going on because the mass is the same. So you might not understand that the, he's saying, you know, the Lord be with you, but you know that the answer is and with your spirit, even though the person next to you is saying it in a different language. Um, so there's this idea, there's that beauty and that uniformity, but there is also a lot of diversity within the church, you know, how people like to celebrate, how people um, like, the, where's that little, that spice, that flavor that comes from the culture that gets inserted into um, the way they worship, or even just the challenges that other people face in other parts of the world are not always the same challenges that we face. Uh, like, for example, our group, we're able to meet people from Australia, people from the UK, or like the the challenges in the UK are not necessarily the same as the challenges in the United States. Like, you know, UK, we asked a lot about like, what's it like, you know, the fact there's a state religion, the idea that Anglicanism is the state religion. And like, how does that work with being Catholic? And they were able to talk to us about that. And they asked us like, um, you know, the United States is like very open, this, this almost too much openness in a, in a sense. And they're like, well, doesn't make, that make things easy like in the United States? And then we kind of described to them how that in some ways, yes, but in a lot of ways, no. And this idea that because our faith is not like supportive of anything and everything, just because you want it like that type of thing, that that makes things hard because then our culture that promotes that kind of is a little bit, uh, you know, not as supportive of us because we, we appear to be very closed off or mean or to some people, even though we are loving and people don't always like get our side of the story is that we say the things because we love everyone but you know they don't that doesn't come out but anyway so the idea the point being that challenges cultures like all these things are so diverse throughout the world and i think it broadens that horizon because sometimes we get stuck just thinking only about the diocese of harrisburg and what's going on in the diocese of harrisburg and of course everything in the diocese is mostly the same uh, though there is even differences within our diocese but like this idea is it is mostly the same so we forget that there is a diversity in the faith. Um, so yeah, those are all just, I think, a few reasons that I think uh, John Paul thought this was uh, a good idea. That And he just loved the youth. Like he was just a man of the youth. He'd worked with them his entire priesthood uh, up to the time he was a bishop and then he was a pope. Um, so I think he just, he really saw that importance. And really, if we, if we don't support the young church, there isn't going to be a church. This idea is that the young church is going to be the church. Yeah, when they are the church, but then they're going to become the the old guard one day, and then there's going to be a new young church. So this idea we have to pass on the faith, and we have to start that early, and we have to empower these these youth to uh, take on that responsibility. I love what you said about it gives them the opportunity to kind of take ownership of their faith, because because I was a, a I still am a cradle Catholic, um, and I felt like like this is just this is what we do. 
like you're Catholic because your mom's Catholic and your dad's Catholic and you go to Catholic school and like that's that's just how it is but I never it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I was like oh there's more to this it's not just showing up at mass it's not just you really do get a sense of ownership and I love that World Youth Day kind of gives young adults the um, opportunity to do that outside of a bubble, you know, yeah, outside of that familial, this is how you were raised bubble. And you get to see, like you said, all the differences, all the beauty that comes from the same faith, but maybe celebrated a little bit differently. I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you've been to World Youth Day one other time. What was special about this trip versus that trip or or did you find a lot of similarities of like I really loved this last time and I got to do this something similar this time well I will say the first thing I got out of this trip is I gained a greater appreciation for those who organized the trip when I was young um <laughs> so the adults that were in charge I have so much more respect for them and I am thankful to all of them if any of one of you are listening any adult from Diocese of Harrisburg 2011 you know who you are um <laughs> it's it's a challenge um it's different being the one who's just i don't want to say the one being served because they're they're doing a lot i don't want to make it sound like it's easy for the pilgrims because it's not um but this idea is they're just focused on the, the what's happening like being in the moment the trip what's like and the logistics kind of fall on the leadership so i i I definitely had that challenge of like figuring out how for myself to stay in the moment while still being able to think about contemplate the logistics um, and making sure everything turned out okay especially when things maybe went sideways once or twice because of things we couldn't control um and having to reorganize that but i think even even still just being older i think helped me appreciate it more even at 18 there was a level of i don't think i appreciated enough of what world youth day had to offer i i I think I, I didn't embrace, uh, I mean, I was still young, you know, mentally, physically, uh, I was still young. Um, you know, I was going off to college as soon as I got home. So maybe my mind was preoccupied too, but and it was my first time traveling abroad. But now that I kind of had experience doing that, and I think I was a little bit more confident and sure of myself and more excited about this idea of trying new things versus, you know, the I think when I was younger, it was a little bit of a fear of the of the of the going outside the comfort zone. I'm still really glad I did it. Um, if for anything, it gave me some familiarities for the future when I would plan this trip. But like this time, I really made it a point for myself to embrace all that was new, whether that would be uh, whatever type of food was available in Portugal that was Portuguese. Like that was not like oh yeah, let's just find the hamburger place. Like you know, let's let's see what this place has to offer embracing that um you know i always i think at one point i said there were options on the menu it's like i picked the one that i understood the least <laughs> because it's just like hey i'm i'm open to what's new um this idea of making sure getting to all the different locations like when we're at fatima or or whatever making sure just really embracing those those cultural things those things that yes we can kind of listen to a talk at any point but like we're at fatima like let's go see the sites at fatima or there's many churches in portugal in lisbon uh, like the church of saint anthony where saint anthony was born uh, well it's at the site that he was born he wasn't born in a church so for anyone <laughs> listening um just going off taking the walk to see that because there's only like we only have this time like in this country so let's let's embrace that or i don't know just 
there was it was unfortunate that our first time around one of the things one of our challenges is that we couldn't stay over for the vigil because there was a logistical problem and there was too many people like at the vigil. So we couldn't fit. So we had to go back. So this time, even just being able to get to the vigil, getting into the vigil, having the space, setting up camp, there was like a, we like a feeling of like 12 years later, we made it. We're here. Um, I can finally say it's like, it was almost like a continued journey. Uh, so that finally like I'm here. Yeah. And just, I don't know. There was a level of, I think God just telling me, like teaching me and everyone else how to just ride the waves. Don't try to control the waves, just ride the waves. I think one of the things I said before, uh, another thing I said before the pilgrimage started is that like we're sailors, like we are, we are on a voyage. Uh, we can't control the wind, we can't control the waves, but we can do is we can build a vessel that will take advantage of the wind and the waves, that will like ride the waves, ride the winds and take us where we need to go. And also remember, Jesus is at the helm, no matter what. So, and when we embrace that, it was just all that much better. But yeah, I think, think overall, I would say just being more aware of what was going on, being aware, aware of, I guess, what was important um, and knowing more well what I wanted to get out of World Youth Day, I think was was really important. I might steal that boat analogy for dealing with parenthood because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of times where you just have to like pivot because something didn't go according to plan or somebody's having a meltdown or whatever and and you're right you have to you have to ride the waves and remember that like okay I'm not in total control only God can be in control so all I have to do is just have faith yeah. and ride the wave that's such a that's such a powerful image so thank you for sharing that well, I think that's that. I think you bring up a good point. This is something good for young people to embrace the, the idea of a pilgrimage because it, it makes you embrace that. Because as you said, life is a pilgrimage, things in life, like your vocation or your job or just mm -hmm. like adult life in general. That's what it's like. You, you like things, challenges happen, struggles happen, um, waves happen, and you, you have to learn how to, to roll with it. I think putting young people outside their comfort zone in a way like this, um, challenging them can help them embrace that more for the for their future so, right yeah we don't learn a whole lot from success we learn from the failures that led up to the success or even just in the successes just the the like easy no one learns from easy success yeah everyone learns from difficult success so absolutely yeah. if you had to pick a favorite moment or a favorite takeaway from the trip in its entirety what would you say that it is Okay, so I think it was, I actually think it was just being out at the vigil, and it wouldn't even necessarily be the eventing during the vigil. It's not like necessarily like, oh, during the adoration, or oh, during this live performance or that live performance. It was, it was more, we had gotten, we had gotten to the vigil site, we had gotten to our section out in the field, and we're sitting there um, with, we had over 10,000 people in our section, like everyone did. Most of ours were Italian, so <laughs> they do. They knew how to have a good time. Um, but so we're just laying there like on our mats, just kind of chilling. It's we got past the hottest part of the day. We're kind of getting closer to sunset. There's a nice breeze going through. And you would think this would be just a moment of of stress. I even for me, I would I know myself and I, I would think that this would be a moment of stress. Like there's oh, there's so many people. Uh, you know, this idea is that we have to like you know, bathroom. We're we're going to bathroom and porta potties, even though there was way more porta potties than we needed. I never had to wait. Just saying, but like <laughs> more porta potties than I've ever seen in my life. Um, 
but you know that we have to you have to get up to go get water all the time you only have like this grocery bags worth of food or we're sleeping on dirt like we're sitting in dirt um and there's not a whole lot to do other than like there is programming going on like to as we wait there's like music and things like that but you would think that this would be like a stressful situation of like oh there's so much i can't control oh there's so much outside my comfort zone but i just had this feeling of peace like just being there in the middle of this field with all of these young people like we're all here for the faith we're all here for the pope we're all here for jesus and we're all just chilling like you know we don't no one's really has their on their phones or on any screens or we're not like itching to do anything or to fill the time we're just we're just there we're just there together and there was something very peaceful about that just kind of laying there and just being like in that moment of like wow that and it was all because it was unexpectedly peaceful that this was that it was a great moment yeah so something i would say that particular moment just being there was was awesome but i mean a few runner-ups a few honorable mentions did get pretty close to the pope at one point probably about 12 feet away so got to got to see the pope go by in person so that was pretty awesome fatima was great you know being able to see uh where the, the where the children lived we got to see their houses and where they grew up and we got to see where they saw the angel we got to see where the site of the apparitions was the little chapel of the apparitions we got to participate in a, a rosary um which was multilingual which was pretty cool and then like a candlelight procession you know the two basilicas that are there uh, holy trinity holy rosary holy rosary is where the children are buried now so we got to pray near their graves and we got and Holy Trinity apparently is the largest church in Europe. It holds 9000 people, which was pretty awesome to see. Um, so it's just a really cool little area. Always wish we had more time everywhere. But I would say, yeah, those those would be some good runner up moments. But just overall, just being out. I know everyone listening, being like, man, sleeping in the dirt. Like I'm a lot of people just can't get over that, like outside sleeping in the dirt. And it's like, you know, you just got to try it. Like, and it's only one night. It's, it's not like we're sleeping outside the entire, we were in a hotel the whole rest of the time. Uh, like a not bad hotel, no, I won't lie. But uh, just one night of communion with that many people was pretty, was pretty awesome. That's, that sounds, that sounds really awesome. Just that's, that sense of peace must've been almost overwhelming, but at the same time, like not a stressful overwhelm you know what i mean like it's just mm -hmm. something that mm -hmm. just consumes you mm -hmm. absolutely hit the nail on the head <laughs> it's like you just kind of let yourself it, it it's just like it's a, a vast ocean and you just kind of let yourself just float there yeah you know you know you don't let it like fall over you and let it drown you you just kind of like float on the top like on your back and just you know it's relaxing yeah. that sounds awesome so you mentioned that world youth day is like every couple years or so did did they announce when they're having another one? Oh, absolutely that is that's the way we conclude every world youth day so after the after mass after our commissioning mass and the pope you know thanks everybody gives us a blessing and then tells us where our next location is so we have a little bit of time before the next one so for that the reason for that is in 2025 there's going to be a jubilee year so um rome essentially is open all around we'll do it then uh the jubilee celebrations and to visit the vatican and everything like that so the pope invited us to come to rome in 2025 everyone present to come in 2025 which was a little confusing because of course he's speaking in spanish so a lot of he here says roma and everyone thinks oh we're going to rome for the next one which was not the case <laughs> the italians were very excited but uh it, that was not that was not the case 
Um, but because of the Jubilee year, so we're going to do four, it's a four year gap this time. So 2027 will be the next World Youth Day and it's going to be in Seoul, South Korea. Ooh. So we're heading over to Asia. Yes. Yeah, so the, I think there, there was, they said there was like some poetic symbolism in the fact that we started at the, like the entryway to Europe, um, to like the Western world. Uh, so Portugal is like the first country you essentially hit as you, as you're going into Europe. Um, so now we're going kind of to the other end of the continent. So, or like the, the double continent here. So the idea of like, as you're coming the other way around the globe, Korea is like one of the first places you get entry to the main continent of Asia. So we're going from one side to the other side. We're going from west to east. Um, yeah. So Korea, awesome. four years. That's exciting. That's really exciting. So let's say somebody who couldn't go this year, maybe they've never been before and they want this to be their first one. How do they get more information? Is is the diocese going to be putting anything out, you know, just as a, like a planning tool? Because I'm sure people are going to need to um, save up funds. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so we're not quite in the planning stage yet, other than like, if you want to come, you let us know. So we're still catching our breath from the last one. But yes, if you are interested in uh, going to World Youth Day in four years, um, you just kind of reach out and you you let us know. Um, as of right now, so I, I will say like a little bit of a, of a caveat um, is that typically we only take 18 and up for World Youth Day for right now. Um, that's more of a logistical thing. Um, but I mean, the good news is if you are at least 14 right now, then you will be 18 in 2027. So if you are 14 and up right now and you are interested in World Youth Day, you just reach out to us and we'll put you on an information list. When we start uh, getting into the planning phase, we will we will let you know how what how like costs and like how things are going. I will say it does cost several thousand dollars to attend a World Youth Day because we have, we usually book with a touring group, like a, a travel agency who arranges everything for us. And we have hotels, we have food, like there's a bunch of stuff that goes into this. So I would start raising some funds, saving up now. Uh, good news, you have four years to do it. So that's a lot of time. Um, so this year it was approximately 3,000, but I anticipate it's probably going to be between three and five for the next one. We are traveling further away, so we got to keep that in mind. Um, so I would keep that in mind as you're, you know, saving up, raising funds. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in attending World Youth Day in 2027, please reach out to myself. So Zach Haney, Z Haney at hbgdiocese.org. Just shoot me an email and we'll make sure to get you on the list for and keep you updated with how World Youth Day planning is going. That's awesome. Well, Zach, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us. It sounds like you had such an amazing time. And I just know that the next World Youth Day in Korea, South Korea, is going to be just as amazing. Um, so thank you so much for kind of like reliving the experience with us. Absolutely, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Always happy to be on. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.